Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. A little espresso neat to start the day. Today is Tuesday, January 25th, and um, sunny day here in Santa Fe. We're supposed to get snow tonight. Kind of exciting. I uh, enjoyed being in Tucson and sitting in the sun, but I also enjoy having some winter too. It's the contrast, isn't it? It's the contrast that makes the difference. Um, David came back yesterday from dropping his brother at the airport and he was really sad. And I gave him a long hug and yeah, he was, he was really bummed. And he said, I don't know why I'm so emotional. And I said, well, you know, he doesn't have a lot of family left. His mom and dad are both gone and an older brother is gone. And, you know, he's, he's done really well with dealing with the fact that both of his parents are gone, but it's been really meaningful for him to connect with his brother in this way. And yeah. And I, I said, you know, it's saying goodbye is even temporarily it's okay to be emotional about that. It's, there's a lot of, of things packed in there. And I said, and, you know, if, if you didn't have the, the sadness at saying goodbye, then you don't have the contrast of the happiness of seeing him again. It's part of what makes it so fun is that it's temporary. I know we say this a lot, you know, that, um, and I, there are a lot of, um, poems and songs about that concept that I like so much, you know, of, um, if the, if the sun doesn't, if the d night isn't dark, then the moon won't glow from one of my favorite songs. Um, it took me a moment to bring that up. I haven't listened to that song in a very long time. <laughs> I will not go into a rant about how music services make it difficult to listen to the songs I already own and actually want to listen to. But um, now I need to find that song. Merry-go-round. So anyway, um, yeah, so sometimes it can feel like a rationalization that we say, oh, well, if it weren't for the, the, the bad times, then we wouldn't appreciate the good, you know, and it's like, maybe we would rather just have all sunny weather and good times, but, but the earth needs the rain. We definitely need the precipitation. Here we need the, the cold that um, the plant life depends on it. And I don't know, I like cuddling in on a snowy day. I think that's um, a real treat too. And I put on the list to get some more fire logs today. So um, have a nice little fire in our Kiva fireplace. So um, what do I have to talk about today? I did get my 3,000 words yesterday. I decided that it's time for tough love with myself and that I need to um, write as long as it takes to get my 3,000 words since it seems like I'm writing slower. Aha! However, I um, did 
go back and check. And I, I need to refine the data somewhat because I keep track of how approximately how many words a day I write, write over the course of a book. Um, but some of the numbers are total elapsed time. So it, it counts non-writing days, which can be a useful metric too, because, you know, like when people say, how long does it take you to write a book? It, there, there's two numbers there. Um, there's how many days of actual writing does it take me? And then it's total elapsed time also. Uh, and so I know some of the books reflect one number and some books another. But I did go back to, I did have those numbers from 2014. I didn't want to do a lot of displacement activity by looking that up, but I did check and my um, rate per book, um, you know, like number of words per day elapsed time to write a book, it goes up and down. There are spikes and nadirs, but the trend line was perfectly flat. So my feeling that I've slowed down turns out to be inaccurate, which is why we want data, right? That's one of the things that data can do. And that's why, you know, if you're not a scientist and you are talking to a scientist or data type and they say, yes, but that's anecdotal evidence and you don't know what they mean, because why would you? Because you're probably a normal human being. Anecdotal is exactly that. It's um, you tell a story. It's, it's an anecdote, right? It's like, well, I had a cousin who could write a book in a week. Um, that's anecdotal because you don't have the actual data. You don't have the empirical data that shows you. And so anecdotally, I felt like I was slowing down. Um, it's also subjective. But the data shows the trend line is flat. Now, I have had a real dip since July. Um, the last few books have been down and I'm really hoping that's not taking over as if we're president, especially since I have, um, rather <laughs> hair toss said that I don't think it makes a difference if I manage my time. Well, I hope it's not making a difference. Um, so now I'm at the point of, I shall not allow it to make a difference and we shall see. Um, <laughs> so I am trying the tough love now. Um, I, I had been in a mode of just writing my three hours per day and trying to get as many words as I got, but now I'm, I'm feeling like I need to start training for the marathon again. I need to start getting myself up to writing 3000 words a day. So it's my goal for this week, um, to get those 3000 words a day, no matter how long it takes. Wish me luck. Exciting news in my world. Um, Dark Wizard is available in audiobook. Uh, I'm excited. This is um, Fisher Price Baby's first self-published audiobook, TM. And the narrator did a fantastic job. She's starting in on Bright Familiar um, in a couple of weeks. So I sent her the manuscript and she will be ready to do gray magic as well um, right after that. So gray magic audiobook will actually be out very close to the uh, ebook and print book.
Oh, and let me show you guys something. I also have print copies of Fire of the Frost. Yay! So those arrived while I was gone. So those of you who pre-ordered those through my website, they will be coming to you um, with at least my signature. And then you can uh, mail them off to the other authors if you want. Um, keep in mind that Amanda is in Paris or bring them with you to events where you may find people collect all four signatures. So that's exciting. Um, I wonder if I can add the retail sample. Oh, I don't know. I was wondering if I can add the retail sample onto this podcast. You guys know I don't normally do fancy editing, but I may try it because it would be kind of fun. Um, so if it's there, it's there. And if it's not, it's not. But um, yeah, the narrator is Deborah Baum. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you uh, heard me go, you know, doing the auditioning of the narrators and choosing the narrators and so forth. And um, I think she just did a smashing job. And I immediately asked her to do the, the rest of the books in the trilogy. So um, I'm kind of torn on whether to have her do the novella from um, Fire of the Frost, uh, Familiar Winter Magic. I'm not sure it's cost effective to do an audiobook of that, of the novella. Let me know what you think. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there's... Um, Pretty exciting for the audiobooks. Let me know what you think of it. I was interested because it went live and I hadn't done it went live while I was gone and it went live on like Saturday or something. And there were already nine sales. So that was nice. I mean, you know, it's not thousands of sales, but nine sales with me doing nothing. That's pretty cool. I got a um, request for author coaching from um, someone whose name isn't familiar to me, although she said she listens to the podcast. Hi, if this is you, uh, or if you're if you are indeed listening, um, apologies if we've met and I don't recall your name, but I thought it was very interesting because she said that, um, that her favorite book was tears of the rose and that she goes back and reads that often. And it's so interesting to me to hear, which books people love the best. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about yesterday. You know, it's like this resonance, like different readers get different things from the same book and certain books just really hit home for people. Other books, people bounce off, um, you know, like dragon's daughter and the winter mage. I thought a lot of people would love and some people <laughs> really don't like it. Um, I think because, because the hero has grown old and they don't get enough of him being young. There's probably some spoilering in there, but, um, yeah, that's, I think there's, well, I talked about this before. I think that there's a very real age phobia, um, especially, I don't know if it's worse among the younger generations than we were, but I sure noticed the, um, 
the 20 and 30 year olds being incredibly age phobic um, and feeling like that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just kind of funny. And, and I will um, occasionally trip over it in people's books. Like I uh, read a book where uh, the, you know, like the aunt was um, 50, you know, and aging gracefully with her silver hair and her, yeah, or maybe even mid fifties, but yeah, aging gracefully with her silver hair and her son had taught her how to use that Facebook thing. And I think I mentioned this before, but um, <laughs> it really took me aback because, you know, people I am in my mid fifties and I make an effort not to have silver hair. My stylist, thank you. Uh, somebody commented that they really liked my hair color and thank you. I like it too, but it's, um, I can take no credit. Uh, my, my hairstylist like does the mixing magic, but <laughs> he calls it Irish setter red, which I told him I feel like is not the compliment that he thinks it is. This is why he's the hairstylist and I'm the writer. So anyway, um, total tangent about my hair. Apologies there. So anyway, I've been using Facebook since 2009, right? Um, 2008, somewhere in there. You know, it, it, so it's just a funny thing. I understand, you know, like teaching people to use that Facebook thing, but sometimes I think that age is not what people think it is. Uh, <laughs> I remember one time, like 15 years ago, I was talking with some friends and they were younger guys that I was doing martial arts with. And one of them was talking about uh, seeing this really beautiful woman, you know, walking down the street or something and, uh, you know, and how beautiful her figure was. And, and then he, she turned around and he said, and she was like 40. You know, once I saw her face, I could see she was like 40 and they're all like, oh, and I'm like, guys, I am 40. And they're all like, oh yeah, but <laughs> it's just funny. So all of that was by way of tangents, wasn't it? I'm not even sure how I got there. Ageism in the eye of the beholder. What we have certain associations with with age. Again, maybe this comes back to anecdotal as opposed to data. That it's uh, we think of age as being a particular thing without paying attention to what a person of an actual age is like. So anyway, oh, I know. I'm sorry. I, I wrapped around uh, Tears of the Rose. So this gal said that she loved Tears of the Tears of the Rose, and she. Uh, loves Ash and Amy. There's Tears. I've always felt like Tears suffered from not having a great cover. I'm doing lots of pausing today. Aren't I proficient with my pausing? But here's the Tears of the Rose. And it's the second book um, of the Twelve Kingdoms. And it it just doesn't look very fantasy. And this was one where they presented me with the cover as a fait accompli. It was... Um, like already up on the retailers. They're like, Oh, by the way, here's your cover. <laughs> I was like, no, oh, thanks guys. Screw you. So she looks way too modern. And I mean, there is the nice castle in the background, which does look like Windroven, 
So that's nice. Um, the rose should be pink, which is like a huge theme in the story. Uh, but I didn't even have an opportunity to fix that. And um, yeah, what's with the modern haircut? She's she's pretty, but she's not beautiful the way Amy should be beautiful. Um, it's one of the few covers that I, I don't really like. Most of my covers I like. Um, but Tears of the Rose is another book. You know, sometimes I write difficult heroines. And in fact, I'm supposed to do one of those for the Faro Feb blog. So if you're not familiar, um, February, we're doing Fantasy Romance February, Favro Feb, second time now. And I'll be doing a couple of events for that. I'll try to put the link. You can go sign up for like readathons and there's templates for reading different books and stuff on there. So I'll, I'll include the link for that in the show notes if I remember. It just now occurs to me that I said I would include a link to something yesterday and I don't think I did. So feel free to ping me and ask me about that, whatever it was. Um, maybe I should make myself a note. There we go. Faro Feb Link. There's sometimes, I mean, even if I'm not, even if there's not a lot of time elapsed between when I finish this podcast and when I go to write the description, um, it can be, it can feel like forever. <laughs> it's like, what did I talk about? I have no idea. Um, so what was I going to say about Barbara Feb and Tears of the Rose, not a great cover. That's right, difficult heroines. So Amy is the youngest and most beautiful of the three princesses. And I admit, I probably had a conflicted relationship in the fairy tales with that trope. You know, the youngest and most beautiful of all. Uh, but I had a very interesting time writing The Tears of the Rose. Uh, it's, it's a lot about grief. It starts out with, um, and I feel like this is really not a spoiler because I suspect it's on the back of the book. Um, it is on the back of the book. Uh, it starts out because her husband has died. Um, you know, she thought she was going to have her happy ever after as the youngest and most beautiful princess is supposed to have. And Prince Charming is dead. And she is spoiled and, and vain in the way that very young women, she's also young, um, you know, you grow up believing that beauty is your only virtue that this is the only thing that is worthwhile about you and it's difficult because beauty excites a lot of jealousy in other people especially in other women and so i think some readers don't like amy because of that they don't feel sorry for her right it's like well she's the most beautiful woman in 12 kingdoms what has she got to be sad about but she has no sense of her own self-worth. Uh, she begins to feel like a hollow shell. And in some ways, it's a Beauty and the Beast story because Ash is scarred uh, inside and out. And so, so yeah, I'm really glad that um, this aspiring author who is looking for some author coaching loves Amy and Ash's story and I will reply to your email if you hear this first but yes I'd be happy to do some coaching for you 
uh, I enjoy doing the coaching for people. It's been really rewarding. I don't do tons of it, so it's nice to have like a sort of a steady amount. But but yeah, I'm I'm excited to do that. And I'm just excited that someone loves tears. And I know there are others of you out there who love tears. But it's um yeah, really cool to just to hear what which which books are people's favorite, which books and which male lead and which female lead. I guess that's what we're trying to say now instead of hero and heroine. Male lead, female lead, non-binary lead. Anyway, uh, yeah, on that note, I am going to go exact some tough love on myself, get my 3K. Uh, gray magic is coming along. I, I think it's going fine. Sometimes it's just hard to tell. Uh, 64,000 words, little, little shy of 65,000. So it's, it's moving. Um, still hoping to get it out by end of February. So, uh, we shall see. All right. Uh, hope you all have a wonderful Tuesday and I will talk to you on Thursday. Y'all take care. Bye-bye.